Hey everybody, welcome to the Down the Rabbit Hole podcast. It's your boy Rob the MC. I have a unique and interesting guest today. So welcome in everybody, Vivian. What's up? Hello, hello. How you doing? (laughs) I am good. I'm good. I'm living, just trying to make it through, make my day. How are you? Yeah, just I'm I'm excited about the fall. I want to your feet. And and guys, we'll get into how we met and uh, what, you know, how we have a connection. But for me, from a fall is always something magical to me personally, even going back to my, 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 mm-hmm. like when I was like six, seven, five, something about the air changing color, the beautiful color of the leaves, the energy, the vibration, just the, just something about the, something about the earth, something about just, uh, that environment and fall is something special and makes me feel more creative. It makes me feel more alive. makes me feel more in touch with my thoughts. Is there something to that Vivian? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, I'm glad you said that because it is, I feel like no matter what you're connected to, you know, as far as, you know, what you've grown up believing or feeling, the fall is a natural set of, one, going back into balance, but it's also a time of release. It's a time to completely let go of, to be reborn, to shed all that old crap that's been built up us from the past couple months of fall is a natural time to release all the old the structure and bring out the new the love the creativity it's you know some people associate it with like a more of a shadowy darker aspect but it's our core it's our real energetic blessing within ourselves the love that we hold within ourselves which releases creativity all around us Ah, I never knew that. Okay, cool. I've always felt that maybe mm-hmm. something deeper to it. So guys, so the yeah. way that me and Vivian are connected at the hip in some way, shape or form, six degrees of separation is that we both, uh, I think we went to high school together or middle school or something like we went to high school, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we were in, I think middle and high school. I, I was friends with your sister okay. in Alberta. Yeah, I knew her in middle school. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause you're one year younger than me. Am I correct? Yes, I believe so. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. I just turned 30. But, um, so yeah, so I would always see you at, in high school and in and, and previous episodes, mm-hmm. I've talked about how I came from the inner city and moved to the suburbs and whatnot and just, and just mm-hmm. observing different social economic, uh, you know, factors, just watching people and observe and just people watching people in the suburbs is a fascinating thing. Um, when, especially when you go to a very affluent school and, and I just always mm-hmm. just see you and I'm like, she is so, I just feel something about her that is so cool. And it was some sort of, it was an attraction in a, in a way of, you just seemed like you had a lot of depth about you had a, you, you were very sure about who you were. I don't know if that's the case, but, um, uh-huh. but so, so yeah, what, what would you say, um, was your experience because in, in your background so kind of our audience can get to know you a little bit and uh you know and kind yeah. of get an idea of who you are yeah absolutely so I I don't know I guess you could say I've always really tried to make you know say that I know who I am but you know we're all just thinking we know who we are and just trying to find ourselves one way or another but I've 
so I'm Italian. I have a very strong influence of my culture and my Italian essence. So being an Italian woman and growing, you know, learning between Italian ways and herbalism and folk magic, folk medicine, things like that. Those have always been a part of my life. My mom was very connected with the earth and the garden, you know, speaking and singing and dancing around your garden wasn't like an abnormal thing for me growing up as a kid or, (laughs) you know, talking to the food that you eat and talking and saying it's a blessing as in like the food itself, because that's what gives you energy. Like my life has always been wrapped around a very more to like a, the world around us isn't exactly what we see. It's what we feel. There's so much more than what we do on a day-to-day basis. And for me, that has always been a really big part of my life, trying to find what is that more to? What is that? Where do I fit in with that? Because, you know, we're all so focused on a stabilized life on work, school, family, kids, whatever it is. But, we lose sight and lose essence of what that more to is, what is our spiritual connection, what is our heart and our soul saying, but what are we meant to do and be here for? And I guess that has always been a huge part of my life. And even when I was younger and, you know, I wasn't, I made a lot of mistakes like most of us do, but learning from those mistakes and helping you find a better ground and balance to you and to your very core and essence, that's, been a huge part of my being my spirituality my life in general mm. yeah i just always felt like you were ahead of the curve i was like she knows she's, <laughs> she's not like she's I was like you weren't like a typical high school and and, and what was your perception of me yeah. i don't i think i saw you many different times in the hallway i was i can definitely I, vi- oh, I can yeah. even, what was your opinion of me how i don't know i mean you, you never know yourself what was oh. your opinion impression Oh, I always had such a good vibe about you. I always wanted to end up, I always wanted to talk to you, but I was so shy, like not shy, but I just, you know, in school, like you never really know what to say. You don't want to come off sounding weird. You know, you are stuck with all these thoughts in your mind about, oh, well, but I always thought you were so intriguing. You just had this energy about you that was fun and loving and caring and just very down, like uh, you're real. Yeah. You're a very, like, a true person. Like, it's, you know, you don't have to, it didn't seem like to me, like, that you were going to act one way and be another way completely different in front of other people. You just always seemed very real. And exactly like you said, you, I felt like I knew how I was. That's how I got about you. Oh, wow. That vibe that you knew what you wanted to do, even though you're still searching, but deep down in your heart and in your soul, you knew who you were. Oh, yeah. Well, I and appreciate I always that. that about you. Oh wow! So see, see people in high school. This is what I want, and and I've and and um, as people need to find out in 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 high school and stuff, we gotta just sometimes we gotta figure out what. It's hard because you're going through puberty, mm-hmm. you're going through so many different yeah. things. There's cliques and stuff, and and especially at our high school, it, I felt like it was very it's very mm-hmm. couple distinct groups. I would say it was very preppy, traditional yeah. suburban kids, <laughs> like very fluent. Yeah you know, assholes. And then you had like the, the kids yeah. who were like artsy, maybe possibly coming out of the closet in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, <Right. laughs> and then you had like the foreigners, the, you know, like the Koreans who kind of kept to themselves mm-hmm. and you had like the Indian kids. And then you had like, uh, yep. just the, then a very rural area. Cause we, me and you went to a high school that's very far out in the farm mm-hmm. area. So you had yes. the, the rural kids who were kind of yes. their thing. And they were trying to, I think they were mm-hmm. like, in a way they were rebelling against like that suburban, 
suburban affluent thing too and kind of like fuck them and just yep. kind of being they were more I feel like they were more real they were I think they and, yeah. and you know but they also had their asshole moments but I think they were ultimately more yep. authentic than the you know the stuck up rich kids who had their specific popularity yeah. I think they pretty much dominated the school culture the the affluent rich kids what, what was your impression of going to the oh, hospital yeah. we went to what was your impression oh exactly you just like right dot on the nose like it was very it was weird it was a very odd surrounding because exactly it just seemed like the more money that you had then the more status that you had the more you didn't have to worry it was just very money focused center focused very exactly like you said stuck up kind of snobby like just very they didn't realize the world around them was completely different than their own centered world that they had, that they, you know what I mean? Like it was very, they had what they needed. It was focused on that and everything else was a blur. Nobody mm -hmm. really realized the surroundings, the problems in the world, the problems in the surroundings areas. Like it was just like its own bubble. Yeah. And it just felt odd coming from the, you know, coming from the real world and then coming into it, it was like shocking almost like, whoa, like what did you just walk into? Yeah. Everybody else had a very difference in opinion on what the world was in their minds and what it actually was like. Oh yeah. At least that's the, and that's the idea that I got. I didn't tend to associate with a lot of the more richer kids because I just found it very, unappealing I, I don't want to say it I mean like it just was you know what I mean like it was just you felt like you were almost like Alice in Wonderland yeah. you're walking into and you're like what the hell is going on <laughs> it was yeah yeah yes. oh my god it was so yeah because yeah. um and and me coming from a public housing environment the you know most mm -hmm. I would t and I was and it, it, people will hear this on another episode I produced as well is that um most of the African-Americans that was in the school I would say Mm -hmm. I would say probably 34% probably came from my neighborhood. Maybe no, probably 80% yep. probably came from my neighborhood. And then the yeah. other 20%, we, we were like, yeah, we they're black, but we know them, but we I guess we didn't relate and we didn't have the same experience in the world. So my right. community that was the public housing, the so-called ghetto kids or whatever, we, uh, yeah. we kind of like, just kind of stuck to ourselves and sat at our own table and kind of mm -hmm. did our own thing. And it was just weird because we, we could feel the hostility in the environment. And I think the only natural mm -hmm. thing to do with people when they feel hostility is to go within. And instead of being friends with you yep. and be saying, Hey Vivian, you're cool, man. We should be, we should hang out. It was, I wish, you know, but now mm -hmm. it's, you know, what goddamn it's 2020 so i mean 20 almost 20 mm -hmm. years later we're talking it's crazy man and even getting out of high school yep. um you know i don't know if i've ever i don't think i even ever saw you after maybe maybe once or twice after high school just seeing you around you know right our, our county or whatever the case may be and i just always was like man yeah. i really wanted to be you know be cool with you or just just to have a general even just have right. tea and just have a conversation you know right exactly yeah yes, no i know exactly what you mean yeah especially it's just like when you're in that kind of environment it's also exactly like you said to go within like you're really you're worried to open up to people because you don't know how they are like for me like it was just me and my mom like mm -hmm. you know so we had our own set of struggles so it's like you don't want to open up to anybody in there because you don't want to be you know like in high school you don't want to be judged you don't want to be looked at as like oh look at that you know what I mean so exactly it's like hard to open up to people and express and make friends because you're so worried about in that kind of environment where everyone for the most part seems pretty well off they don't have to worry about some of the things like that 
like me and my mom might have had to worry about as I was growing up. It's, you know, it's different. It, I totally understand what you're saying. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, so dope. And I'm just happy that we got to connect uh, many years later. Yeah. So tell me about like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Better late than never. Hell yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and you continue <laughs> to be the cool, intriguing person that as I follow you on Facebook in different areas, I just continually to find you intriguing across the board. Tell me about that transition. Once we left that bubble, you know, I, and I look at mm-hmm. Facebook now and I, and I kind of hate watch people that I follow in a way and not really hate watch, but kind of yeah. just see, I just like to, I'm just curious about people's lives after they left high school and yeah. kind of see how they went. And a lot mm-hmm. of the kids, you know, they're just traditional, you know, suburban kids. They got married or have their little, you know, they, they went mm-hmm. to college and et cetera. And some people just kind of fucked up or whatever. And some people yeah. are just <laughs> better people than they were. And, and just like, oh man, you were mm-hmm. an asshole in high school, but you're pretty cool now. Um, yeah. So, what was your yes, transition yes. once you got out of that bubble? How, where, where did your life take you in terms of like just worldview and experiences? How did mm-hmm. how has that added to your life since you've left high school? Oh, so many experiences. So, I actually I do have kids. I actually ended up having my son when I was supposed to be finishing high school, and because of the kind of school it was, and because of the kind of area it was, let's just say they weren't too keen on having a pregnant child and so I was ultimately given an ultimatum let's just say and I ended up having to get my GED oh wow because of being pregnant I never knew that so uh yeah uh yeah it's a it was a kind of a rough time but you know I mean it is what it is I look back on it now and it's just like you know what we all have many experiences good or bad that we go through and it's leaning me towards making sure that no matter what happens as a mom, that my child is given the best opportunity possible and the most, you know, no matter what the situation is. So, and all kids for that matter, there's not a child in the world, no matter race, ethnicity, culture, status, I don't care what the fuck they're going through. There's not any child who should be given or felt less than no matter what. And Mm -hmm. so, that at least as a mother, I very much strive to want to make sure that that is the case for all kids. They're all given the opportunities. They're all giving the blessings that they deserve. So, you know, it's just given me a lot to think about as a mom personally. Wow. But, you know, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of experiences, a lot of things have happened. Like I said, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I'm just glad from the mistakes that I've made, I've grown so much from them and it's given me such a better grasp on who I want to be, what I want to do, what I want, you know, like we're still young, like we're not 80 years old. We still have our whole lives ahead of us and Mm -hmm. I want to live my best life. I want to live as many experiences as I can. I want to travel. I want to write. I want to do so much. I want to help mentor as many women female identified oriented people or anything that as there are like I want because of the experiences I've gone through because the crap I've had to learn on my own I want to be able to help as many people as possible in their self and finding their self finding their spiritual side finding whatever it's going to help to make them feel whole to make them wake up every morning and feel like damn I'm the bomb I'm beautiful I got this like that is my goal and honestly, I give that to all the experiences, the crap I've gone through. I, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And I fully believe that 150%. Wow. 
That is super dope. And I like that. And I like your, your perception. Mm-hmm. And that's true. We got, my thing is, and, 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 you know, as I always hate that. I hate the, I love the I love the phrase, but they say all who wander aren't lost. And for me, um, the reason why mm-hmm. I started this podcast is I was raised in a very strict religious environment. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, and so mm-hmm. that cult, which it is, um, yeah. and, 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 and masking itself as a religion, um, really right. kept me isolated. And I always felt like I was being hampered from truly, because I've always, you know, I w- I've always wanted to talk to people and just mm-hmm. to relate to people, but not from a religious point of view. Just to, I used to have, right. I used to tell this story with people where I used to have this really. I used to work for CVS. Like my second job was at CVS on Route mm-hmm. 40 in Ellicott City. And I used to work the night shift. And there was this guy named Doug, mm-hmm. a really cool biker dude. He had a big beard. He had to be in his late 40s. And um, and I really grew as a person because as I began to wander, because my grandmother had passed from cancer and everything, and I really wanted to, I radically rethought my my religious point of view I had I was radically mm-hmm. starting to um, get to that point where I was just questioning my my worldview and philosophy right and so um, yeah. me and Doug would always have these conversations to just talk he's like I said he's a 40 plus year old white dude who's a big beard biker dude really cool but a, like a hippie almost and I'm like you know African-American yeah. <laughs> dude you know, like a 19 year old African-American and what the crazy thing is I would work from nine o'clock at night to nine o'clock in the morning and Doug would always mm-hmm. come at like six or seven when I was taking out the trash right before we, uh, my shift finished up and me and Doug would talk for like an hour an hour and a half even to the point where I would get off I would take the trash out and then just me and Doug would talk for hours till the sun came up and um, it was so crazy how we, even though we come mm-hmm. from two different sides of the tracks we were talking about like the government and like good mm-hmm. quality music and where's the good music at and like just just um, just growing up and stuff and yeah. he was just so cool man and, and we need to as a society and as humanity we need to uh, really Really challenge um, our worldviews and challenge, um, yeah. you know, our perception and expand it. And it's okay not to agree. It's okay to be different, but it's also cool to be able to find a, some sort of common experience. You know, when you're talking about mm-hmm. wanting yeah. more for yourself and the experiences of life, like I will never forget those experiences. And you know, and I was so mm-hmm. I was so angry that I wasted. 10 years of my life in a religious cult where I was afraid of people. I was afraid of a right. different perspectives and, 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 or I was, was taught to be afraid of it. I wasn't afraid, but I was taught to be that way. So I love what you're saying about, you know, we, our lives are right. experiences. Why do we have to be part of this capitalist mm-hmm. um, machine where it pumps out yes. unhappiness and, you know, basically debt slaves, mm-hmm. you know? Yep, exactly. It's poor. They get poor. The rich get richer and that's the that's the balance as they say in the world today and that's wrong and it everybody should know it's wrong like everybody knows it's wrong but we as human beings as basically we've been trained to be robots like we are Mm -hmm. stuck being in a part of our society that we are comfortable because we know how it goes and that's the problem with everybody that's the problem all of us we get in a state as a human being that we are comfortable whether we like it or not it might not be a fun comfortability but we are comfortable because we know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. We know how the day is going to be. We know what tomorrow is going to bring. We are comfortable in the stage we are in because it is familiar to us. Mm-hmm. And that is the problem. We as beings, as spiritual beings, as human beings, as living, we need to bring ourselves out of our comfortable state to be able to challenge what is being given to us, to be able to grow. It is not comfortable for me to go in front of a group full of people and start singing and dancing because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But it is good for me as a person. 
it, we need to challenge what we are given on a day-to-day basis. Every day you should do one thing that makes you uncomfortable and every day you will grow a little bit. Oh, I, I love someone that. told me that years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is something that has stayed with me. I've told my children that every day, just about do one thing that makes you uncomfortable. It could be the smallest or the biggest. It doesn't matter. If it makes you uncomfortable, then you're doing it right. Exactly. Because we have to challenge what is being given. It is not okay the way the world just runs. It's not okay what we're being said every day from news or report, whatever it may be. Yeah. We need to change. We are here to make a change. It's, the rules are meant to be broken, and that's what we as people need to do. I love that, Vivian. I love it. And, and what we're doing right now, me and you having this conversation right now, is part mm-hmm. of that change. We're fu- like, fuck yes. that narrative shit. You're, you're, you know, you're Italian American. I'm an African American. Mm-hmm. Two different sides of the tracks. Mm-hmm. But we're sitting yes. here and communicating, and there's not enough of that in the world. And people need to do that. And I, and I want to tell you, Vivian, I actually been having a lot, of, like over, I would say, last decade, like an existential crisis. I don't know if you've ever seen the Zeitgeist, the movie, the Zeitgeist. The Zeitgeist. I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to send you the link to it. It's about like the 2008 uh, 2008 collapse of the the economy and how um, the central banks have uh, really Mm -hmm. fucked stuff up. And then the bailouts and this, how the system of capitalism is just, it's just ravishing Mm -hmm. humanity. And I'll send it to you. And then I would love to have you back on. I mean, you can have a deeper yeah. conversation about the zeitgeist if, you, if you're open to it. Absolutely. Yeah, but... Um, of course, absolutely. Yeah, I've had this existential dread in the sense of like, yeah, like I've really got into like fair trade certified stuff. I've really got into like non-GMO stuff and I've really been trying to force Mm myself, like reusable bags. I've been really trying to force myself to really radically define, like you said, just general behaviors like plastic bags. Why are we using plastic bags? Why are we, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I have trouble with this because it's like, you know, when I buy clothes, I'm like, man, I know there's a sweatshop Mm -hmm. and somewhere and these people are work. I I watched a documentary on PBS many years ago where they had these people literally in China working like 17 hour days, 18 Mm -hmm. hour days, 20 hour days and to the point where people were committing suicide and um the kids and these are like 13 14 year olds and they couldn't even see their parents only on holidays and they had to go and they were working like 20 hour days crazy to fulfill my my need to have clothing in america exactly we're so worried about having the best kicks the best year you know the best oh we're gonna look fly like in exactly but like how many people really know the pain sweat and tears that it took get those things over here yeah. you know what i mean and exactly and that's people need to open their eyes they need to be aware you know because we are all stuck in a state of ignorance oh well i didn't know how was i supposed to know because exactly being stuck in a state of ignorance like i said it's comfortable mm-hmm. it's comfortable to not know because what you don't know then you don't feel guilty but as soon as you know you are held accountable and mm-hmm. that's that's it. That's the problem with people. <laughs> Nobody wants to be held accountable for Mm-mm. their downfalls. And, and that's and that's part of the whole. Like you said, you do stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable and, and being accountable. And that's something mm-hmm. I really learned too. You know, my background is in sales, so you know when you when you have numbers, yep. you got to hit. And that's the most capitalist job in the world is being a salesperson. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, oh, you have yeah. to be accountable. They're like, this is what you this this and this is what you're not doing. How are you going to do this this and this for yep. this to change? And immediate and in sales is one of those things you have to do it immediately. It is not something you know. This is what you need to do. You set the goal you make it happen and so so tell me a little Mm -hmm. bit i'm so curious me leaving the cult and everything and my religious practice that i had since i was probably Mm -hmm. like 11 or 12 and you tell me about your spiritual awakening because i don't think you were as i don't know were you in that where you are now spiritually tell us about your spiritual journey i'm very curious about it yeah so i have always so i was baptized catholic when i was 
you know, Italian American. My mom, she's um, Native American and uh, part Irish, mainly Native American. And my dad, he's uh, mainly Italian with a small amount of Irish in him as well. So I was baptized Catholic. And um, growing up as a kid, I remember going to Catholic school and just feeling like this isn't right. Like it just, none of it made sense to me. I was a kid who would sit there and I'd question everything. I would always ask, well, what do you mean? This is right because they would say one thing, but then I'd go home and like my grandmother, my mother, my father, they would do, you know, little rhymes or chants or like, you know, where they'd sing. My mom would talk to me about the earth and the plants and how, you know, it's good. Like my mom would never, ever in a million years, nobody in my family would ever admit that they practice any sort of spiritual magic, witchcraft, whatever you want to call it. They would never admit that, but it, when you look at them and then you ask them and you question, well, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Isn't it against what you're telling me to do? It's like, it just didn't make sense to me mm-hmm. because everyone in my family has some sort of magic act to them or, you know, stories or lessons and chanting over your water before you put your food in to make soup or noodles. Like it, you know, like these are things like putting salt on everything for protection. Like those were things that, common in my household Mm. and then when you would go to church it was very that's not right that's not right that's evil that's bad and so at a very young age i learned very very quickly that man-made religion Mm -hmm. was not as simple as they try to make it out to be it's not it just didn't make sense to me and Mm -hmm. i would sit there and i contemplate death and i would contemplate what happens when you die where do you go and a lot of people, I didn't talk about this much when I was younger, but when I was really little, I started, you know, spirits. I'd see spirits. I would see things. I would see visions or whatever you want to call them. I would have dreams, and then the next day they'd come through. And I, ever oh, wow. since I was a kid, I've been trying to find what does this mean? Like, what am I? What am I doing? What am I doing with my life? Is there has to be a purpose for why I'm doing this. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe that we are just here just to be here there is a reason for all of us to be here and finding that reason and as i've grown older i've done a lot of different spiritual initiations i've been in different traditions i've made my life bold trying to find what i am meant to do Mm -hmm. and between italian folk magic and italian shamanism and the different traditions i've been initiated to and i've moved on from I found where I'm at. I I am a practicing medium. I do channel. I do trance dance. A movement is a big part of my practice, embodiment and breath work. We as humans, what we would do millions and millions of years ago, we would practice breath work and embodiment to get ourselves in different trance states, to communicate with the spirits, to communicate with the gods. And people are so set now in thinking that, we are so apart from the God's goddess energy source, whatever you want to call it. People are so set on thinking that we are so apart and different from that, but you're not, nobody's realizing that whatever has made and created us, they have created us. So there is a part of that in us. We are all connected to source energy, the divine, the earth, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. It is in all of us. And it's just finding that movement, and finding that breath and honing that and really working with that 
if people want to meditate, if you want to dance, if you just want to sit there and breathe, you will feel that energy within you. Mm. And the earth is sitting in the earth, just feeling the serpent energy from the earth and breathing and dancing and moving is what I do on a daily basis. And it has really put my life in my spiritual path and perspective. I, wow. I do something called plant charming. What's that? Tell me that. Mainly focused on, it's mainly focused on plants and working with plants because they are living entities. Their energy, their everything has a spirit. And when I say a spirit, I don't mean like a spirit like you and me. Like mm-hmm. I don't. It's not obviously. It can't talk. It's you know. It's but it connects us an energetic level that connects to us on an astral plane in a different way. So we might get messages and communications from spirits and animals. But it's not going to be like they're going to look at you and talk to you like you would see in a movie. It's not like that. It's more of like a downloading of information mm-hmm. from the source of energy that it's coming from. So it might be pictures. It might just be a flashback that you have. But I do a lot of dancing and a lot of movements and a lot of breath work to connect with certain energies and to connect with channeling. So when you're channeling and you're downloading energies on whatever you're needing to download, the more you do it, the more you learn then the more your lessons are going to become whole. Mm-hmm. And that is what my plant charming and what I do as far as my practice, it is solely focused on channeling that energy, honing that energy so I can grow and help and mentor and bring people to this state of complete bliss. Mm-hmm. Because finding our ecstasy, finding our lives, finding our love, that's what we're here for. We all want power in our own way. We all want love in our own way. We all want to feel complete. Mm-hmm. And that is a big part of it for me in my path. Oh, wow. That's so, that's super dope. I love that, that you do that. I would love to learn yeah. more about Cause I'm going to tell people like, you know, mm-hmm. we have this, not only do we have a military industrial complex, but we also have a pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical yep. industrial complex as well. Yes. And uh, something I'll yes. tell you, my dad, uh, as a kid, I have serious allergies, like sneeze all the time and, and move into the mm-hmm. suburbs from the city. My wow. allergies went yep. fucking nuts. I'm going to tell you a story. My father, oh, I it. oh yeah, it was terrible. My dad, uh, my eyes just like be stuck together and crusted. Ugh, just disgusting. Uh, but it, <laughs> my dad used to go to this place um, in, in oh yeah oh yeah my dad used to go to this place called mm-hmm. in laurel maryland and it was a um i think it was right off of mm-hmm. route one they had like um it was a it was a it was a uh, herbalist and so what would happen is he you know uh he was like well, son got really bad allergy he didn't want to give me a whole bunch of pills at the time my dad was very much on a health kick for some reason and his, i think his quarter life mm-hmm. his you know being middle age or whatever and so um, right. went to the herbalist and I got fish, fish oil, seaweed, kelp and some mm-hmm. uh, some other powder yeah. shit. But it was very all natural stuff. It tasted like I mean, it tastes like the back foot of a shoe. Um, but when I drunk it every day before yeah. school, <laughs> my allergies went away within 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was no pill. It was all from an herbalist. Oh, it was natural yeah. stuff. He made, and, I, and that's when I knew. I said, there is something to this. It tasted disgusting. I had to drink it every single day. It had to be blended. It yeah. was disgusting. But it was, it, it, my allergies went away for the whole day. Why do you mm-hmm. think we, um, yeah. do you think our generation is radically looking at how we approach a pharmaceutical and medicine and with, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the you know, with the, you know, the I overdoses do. and opiates? What do you think? Your perspective on that? Yep. I feel like as a whole, a lot of people are finally starting to wake up. I feel like people are starting to be more aware. You know, in the 50s, in the 40s and 50s, 
you heard it on TV. Oh, it must be true. Oh, a doctor's telling you this. It must be true. Mm-hmm. Oh, the government, whatever, they're telling you this. It must be true. People are finally starting to wake up and realize, not everybody, but a lot of people are really starting to wake up and realize, we, as, we have been here on this earth for not very long, mm-hmm. but our ancestors could care, could give birth, could heal. I mean, yes, there's a lot of advantages to scientific medicine, and I'm not disputing that. I work in the medical field. I work in animal medicine. I am not disputing it. I like to think that I'm perfectly in the middle. Yes, you should definitely have a doctor and talk to them. You shouldn't just decide and diagnose yourself on anything. But at the same time, that does not mean you should just automatically think, oh, a doctor saying this, it's true. I'm not going to do any research on my own. I'm not going to say, hey, this isn't working for me, or hey, I don't like to take opiates, or hey, I don't want to do that, and just not say anything. Mm-hmm. And we all need to do our own research. People are finally starting to realize medicines, where do they come from? Mm-hmm. Plants. Most medicines, aspirin, it comes from willow trees. Oh. People, like, people think that medicine in itself is just something solely made from the science lab. It's not. Most medications have a base component of some sort of plant extract, whatever it may be. But a lot, even with a lot of the poisonous plants, like henbane, um, mandrake, belladonna, those are used in a lot of the medications. Now, they are very poisonous plants, and I'm not saying that anybody should just say, oh, screw my medicine, I'm just going to go chug a bunch of drinks from these poisonous plants. No, 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 that would be really dumb. Don't do that. But, you know, there's all plants, that's what they do. They're, they heal us. They help us. They help us grow. They give us nutrients. Like being at one and connecting and finally learning that plants is where this is all coming from. Our ancestors used plants for everything, absolutely everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they connected with them and not just a physical level, but they connected with them on an energetic level, on the spiritual level, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People are finally starting to realize that it's not just all about what the government and the pharmacies are telling us is right and what to do. They're looking more into herbal medicine. They're learning more ways on healing rather than feeding yourselves with a bunch of medications that might have side effects because there's so many components in it and chemicals in it rather than just taking a tincture of whatever plant every day that could do the same thing. It's like almost, I've always noticed that as soon as you say herbal medicine, it's like people, they get, they get scared it's like oh my god what do you mean like what what it's like that is like our an ancient part of ourselves who still have this idea that being independent or being in control of your own medicine and being in control of what your own idea of health is it's like people still have this idea or you know it's like you tell someone i i'm into herbal medicine i take a tincture of this every day and my blah 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 is all better people what do you mean they shut down oh no you're dumb you need to go to a doctor because people still have it ingrained in them that it's wrong it's bad it's evil or whatever it may be and it's finally nice to see more and more people are starting to wake up from that idea and realizing maybe that's not true maybe we should start looking more into these things maybe we should start learning more about what the earth has been giving us mm-hmm. and taking care of it properly and if we take care of the earth properly and these plants are more in abundance then we are more in abundance and we are going to be here and we're going to be able to thrive a lot better yeah 
I agree with that, man. Um, you know, there's there's a just a couple things if people need to research this on Google, I'm gonna tell you something specifically. Bayer, the company Bayer, was sued many years ago for a medicine that had uh they did it for HIV testing. And it found out that a, a good portion of their batch actually the people contracted HIV from Bayer. Did you know about that? The Bayer lawsuit? No. I oh yeah. Matter of fact, I'm I feel looking like at- I heard about this, but uh-huh. I'm I'm getting looking at it right now. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at it right now. I'm not so, so I can I don't want to be misquoted. Bear, AIDS. Yeah, Bear is the company that created. Um, I'm pretty sure Bear is the company is that started to create different forms of like opiates in the very beginning. Oh yeah, and they did that. I'm gonna read it right yeah, quick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're one of the ones who sold like heroin as like a medication but it wasn't it wasn't called heroin it was called something else oh yeah here, here we go this it is wasn't from, like oxy- oh, oxycodone either oh yeah this is from cbsnews.com. You can look this up very easily. Just type in Bayer HIV. Mm-hmm. It says Bayer sold HIV okay. risky meds. It says chemical and drug maker Bayer uh-huh. AG said Thursday it acted responsibly, ethically, and humanely during the 1980s in selling a blood clotting product that stopped potentially fatal bleeding in hemophiliacs but was linked to the risk of HIV infection. The company's statement was in response to New York Times report that sold millions of dollars worth of older versions of medication in Latin America and Asia while marketing a newer, safer product in the United States and Europe. And it also said uh, Bayer Division Cutter Biological continued selling old stocks of medicine for more than a year after it introduced a version in February 1984 that was heat treated to kill HIV. Um, So basically what happened was... um, the medicine was given to about 10,000 or more folks. And they basically, in Latin America and Asia, they gave them the old version of it. And and many people actually contracted it. And they had to pay, they had to pay, uh, it, says, it says also the older medicine was in Argentina, Indonesia, Japan, Malaysia, and Singapore. And it said the newspaper cutter shipped more than 100,000 vials of unheated concentrate worth more than $4 million before it began selling the safer products. So it was unheated and, and people contracted it. So, People really need to know that these companies, you, you trust them, you pop a pill, yeah. they tell you this and that. And literally one of the biggest company, pharmaceutical companies was selling in other countries untreated medicine that mm-hmm. caused people to contract AIDS. And back in those days, you get AIDS, you're dead for the most part because you didn't have access to the, yeah. you know, the stuff, you know. So um, you got to be careful. So exactly. for me, um, where I realized that medicine pharmaceuticals were kind of dicey anyway outside of the personal experience with my dad they you know they said i had adhd as a kid and i used to take this medicine mm-hmm. called concerta like 62 milligrams yeah. and whatnot and i used to feel really depressed and really like zombied out mm-hmm. and i had to get off of it yeah. my like my sophomore year in high school because i felt really depressed and whatever and i was like these medicine companies don't give a fuck man you, you know and um you got to be careful you know yep i fully agree with you uh, when i was a kid i was diagnosed with almost it felt like almost everything under the sun mm-hmm. from like whether it was adhd to depression anxiety ptsd and it was a constant thing where i was being told i need to be on this medication and this medication and this mm-hmm. medication and it was just i just stopped taking them one day and i'm not suggesting that you know i'm not suggesting you stop taking your medication obviously that was not a smart move on my part, you know, definitely anyone who is on medication should not just stop taking it without any other advice from an herbalist or a doctor. Mm-hmm. But it, it made me 
crazy. Like mm-hmm. it literally, I felt like I was losing my mind. Mm-hmm. At one point, I couldn't keep my eyes open. The next point, I was running back and forth down the hall. Like it was just, it made me feel sick. I would throw up if I didn't eat by a certain time after taking medication. Like it was just the mix of medications that I was on, I was told was safe. Yeah. But I could tell in my own being and in my own body that it was not okay for me. Mm-hmm. And Exactly. Like you need to be aware of what you're putting in your body. You need to be aware of your own body in itself. Oh yeah. That's why, at least for me, I do a lot of embodiment work. Uh, like I was saying earlier, like a lot of breath work. Um, just sitting there and breathing and being at one with yourself, embodying your own breath and your own spirit to feel. Have you? How many people on a daily basis, or at least every other day or weekly basis, just sit there and feel their body. Yeah. Like how many people really sit there and just feel, I know what my feet feel like. I know what my hands feel like. I know what I feel like. I know what I'm feeling right now. We need to be aware of our bodies. You need to embody yourself doing breath work and just sitting there and embodying your point in your being. You'll be more familiar with your body. And the more familiar you are with your body, then the more you're going to be able to tell what your body likes, what your body doesn't like, what is okay for you, what's not okay for you. We need to be aware of these things because we need to be aware of what everything else around us is doing to our body. Oh, yeah. And so taking the time to really pay attention to what you're putting in your body, whether it's food, medicine, drinks, you know, vitamins, like all these types of things that we're constantly told are okay, they're safe. But the thing is that every single one of us is different. We might all have similar genetics or problems, but someone who is diagnosed with the same issues that I might have, medication might be safe or this plan might be safe for them, but it's not for me because my very being, my spiritual energetic level, my whatever you want to call it, it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Those things are reacting differently to everybody and it's I've noticed a lot of people don't take that kind of stuff into consideration. Oh, it was okay for my brother. Yes, but your brother is a lot different than you in every way possible. So being aware of these things and knowing your body is so important. Oh my (laughs) God. I love you that you said it. You explained it that way. And that's so true. We just got to be more observant and stuff. So as we get to the back end of the podcast, I have one last question to ask you. That's really cool. Cause Halloween is upon us. And um, growing up, um, I was not allowed to celebrate Halloween, but I always felt Halloween and and just right around that Thanksgiving time was special. Not necessarily the word Thanksgiving, but Mm -hmm. just that time period in, 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 in life was interesting. And Mm -hmm. I always feel some deep connection to Halloween and I feel very alive in Halloween. Is there something to that? I'm just curious. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And just about most, I'm not going to say every because I'm not, you know, knowledgeable on every culture, of course, in the world, but most cultures have this time of year, like I said in the beginning, it is time of death. Like mm-hmm. it is the time to not physically, I mean, sometimes, but it is a time of spiritual, energetic cleansing. It is the time of transition, you know, to shed what we no longer need within us, without us, around us. It is the time, a lot of creative, like a lot of really creative and passionate people, especially this time of year, they are ready to shed what they don't need, to shed what no longer serves them. And around the time of the solstice, when winter's starting, you know, the winter solstice, things are starting to grow back again. Mm -hmm. They're ready to blossom and bloom and build whole new 
transition of life, of path, of love, whatever it may be. But this time of year is the perfect time. It's we just passed Maven, which is the autumnal equinox, which is the time of balance. It's the perfect time of light and dark. So mm. during that time of balance, we're in this transition where we're starting to really understand and be thankful and grateful for what we have around us. So we're being more aware. We're starting to fully acknowledge what we might have, you know, and stop worrying so much about what we don't have. So that's this time where we're starting to realize, okay, we have this, we're happy with this, but this might not serve us anymore. This might not be good for our path anymore. This might not be what we want to do. So as we transition into, um, it's in the Celtic, uh, like the Celtic traditions, it's the time of year is the Halloween is called Samhain. Mm-hmm. So this time of year for Samhain is considered the time of full darkness and death. It's completely transitioning and moving away. And then after that is when we start to see things are going to start coming to. All right, we're going to start pulling into a new path. We're going to start fully transitioning into what we want in our lives. This our next year that's going to be coming up. We're going to start pulling that towards us. We're going to start going towards that and moving and working harder on what we want to fully embrace and not so much worry about what doesn't serve us anymore. Oh, wow. Yes, this time of year is my absolute favorite for so many things. The fall and just embodying the balance. I did a channeling dance the other day um, for a plant that I work with a lot, a plant that I grow a lot. It's mandrake. It's one of the most widely known magical plants because it's in the movie in the book, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's a very powerful plant and it's a very ally that I have that I've worked with for many years. And that plant is so connected to this time of year and in balance because on one side, it is a plant of love. It's a plant of complete lust embrace of the love and the energy whether it be with venus or whatever it might be but on the other hand it is a dark and poisonous plant that has been used for so many things whether it be in ancient mythology like the witch Medea, like she would use curses and things like that so it is a perfect plant of balance and to really hone that balance is again with breathwork and embodiment so then you are embodying that balance and that transition and that's when you just are ready to embody that, shed your skin, and release and move forward. So oh. it's, yes, this is my favorite time of year. Oh, I'm glad we... And we, both of my kids were born in this time of year. My daughter was born on October 12th. My son was born on November 1st. So, oh, wow. yes, uh, we're, yeah. Oh, this wow. This is a very special time for all of us. I love it. Okay, that's dope. Yeah, I'm glad I, I wasn't just assuming stuff in the world because it's like I feel it. Your body feels it. Your nope. your inner your spirit. Like you said, your mm-hmm. spiritual energy, your spiritual the that being the spiritual being outside of the physical body, um, whatever people yep. call it third third eye or whatever the case may be. But it's like it, it's it's perking up. Yes. So I just wanted to thank your you so chakras, much. Chakras, they are. Oh yeah, chakras. Oh the chakras. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll definitely get into yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But uh, we'll definitely talk more about the chakras and stuff. I would, I would love to have you back on as well. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, I would love to. It's just so much fun. I'm so honored that you asked me to come. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's been more, the pleasure is ours and the pleasure is mine as well. So, folks, um, where can they find out more about some of your work? Because you, 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 you're a practitioner as well. Do you do serve, you mm-hmm. offer services as well? 
I do. I, I do offer quite a few services between soul work. Um, I do a lot of divination and channel readings. Mm-hmm. Uh, channel readings are more one-on-one. So feel free. I You can get reach me on Instagram. I have uh, YouTube, which I don't use that much, but I have Facebook, which is under Vivian Dickinson. Um, Instagram, um, my Instagram page is The Dark Pharmacist. Uh, and you can search Vivian Dickinson as well, though. It'll pop up. Um, so, yeah, between I do mentoring, I do a spiritual mentoring to help people really connect, whether it be with plant charming or to help with channeling and mediumistic work or to help with different spell work, you know, divinations, things like that. So I have a whole bunch of things that I offer. <laughs> Excellent. Well, what you'll do is um, when we get off the air, you can definitely send me the link. So when I put out the podcast, people will be able to click right on those links and go yeah. from there. But guys, thanks so much Absolutely. for following me and Vivian down the rabbit hole. And um, it, again, people, we sometimes we just got to get out of our comfort zone, like Vivian said, and you will grow and you'll make friends and you'll make connections and you'll develop more as a human being. And this has really added to my life mm-hmm. and enriched my life just speaking with you for the period of time that we've talked today and so again i thank you so much oh oh, you're welcome of course thank you so much all right Okay, so guys, follow me at Rob the MC on Instagram and Rob the MC on Twitter. And also, the, the Down the Rabbit Hole has a podcast link as well on Instagram. So look for Down the Rabbit uh, Podcast and I'll be there. So, peace. 